What's up, everybody? This is the afternoon edition of Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. How's everyone doing? Uh, Mary Sterling, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. It's good afternoon. <laughs> Every time. Uh, by now, the iHeartRadio audience, the Spreaker audience, the Spotify audience, the YouTube audience, the Google Play audience. Ever, I think everyone's getting used to me butchering the opening. Opening. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have producers. You just butcher the opening every time. Oh my gosh, afternoon, good morning, afternoon gratitude, good morning, whatever. Yeah, afternoon, baby. Jimmy the Ninja, good to see you, my man. Radio audience, if you're wondering who the heck I'm talking to, surely you figured out by now. We interact with a lovely Facebook audience every day. You can join us over at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude page where we are live and we have lovely people like... Jim the Ninja and uh, Mary Sterling here joining us. And look, you can ask questions of our guest. Uh, you can ask me questions. You can comment. You can plug your business, plug your nonprofit. It's all about connecting and collaboration so we can work together to make the world a better place. Uh, guys, I'm really excited. To, as I told you at the beginning of the week, we have a lot of shows this week. Uh, I'm doing another show at 5 o'clock today, Pacific Time. And it's just been a blessing. Like there's people that want to come on the show and talk and we keep getting these amazing guests. And I was this, our next guest, um, Tim, Tim star, Tim C star was referred to a really good friend who is also going to be on the show, but he was born and raised on the South side of Chicago. His mother was divorced twice. He never knew his father and never connected with his stepfather. God, how many of us have dealt with that? We struggled for many, he struggled for many years with money issues and it carried out with him. I'm trying to read this in third person because he wrote his bio in first person and I'm trying to manipulate it and I'm screwing it up. So I'm going to read this as I'm Tim and start over because this is, I want to give this the respect it deserves. Mr. Tim Starr, I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. My mother was divorced twice. I never knew my father, never connected with my stepfather. We struggled for many years with money issues, and I, and I carried that with me when I moved to San Diego, California in 1987. I also brought my blue-collar mentality. I've worked many different jobs and spent the greater part of my working career in the computer support arena. At the age of 54, I lost a job of 15 years with a phone call. It would be almost two years before I worked again. In the meantime, I never suffered the depression or downtimes the experts say I should have. The reason why not turned out to be in the materials I'd been consuming since my 20s. From the people like Wayne Dyer, Robert Ringer, Esther Hicks, and others. God, we're going to have a good conversation. Today, I use the concepts to help others see life's curve, curveballs, as part of the process rather than excuses to play the victim card. Um, so he's got overcome the overwhelm. How to move your far focus away from the problems and onto the possibilities. Learn to breathe again. Do, have, or be anything you want. 
Understand the science behind the law of attraction and not the mumbo jumbo. God, there's enough of that out there. And the decision factor, how to turn the simple key that unlocks your dreams. Why desire is not enough. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be fantastic. Hello, Michelle. Good to see you all the way from Spain. Mary, good to see you. And Jim, great to see you guys. Let's bring Mr. Tim Starr on the show. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm so I'm I'm so good, but I'm so sorry for butchering. I was trying to like twist the words and read it as I was reading the bio for you, but I just had to give up and read it as if I was you. That's all right. That's right. You did a fair enough job. <laughs> well, Mr. Starr, what are you grateful for this morning or this afternoon? Oh man, uh, it, it was a long list, I guess. I'm grateful to be uh, above ground to start with. Um, but uh, you know, I'm uh, honestly I'm grateful to be where I'm at uh, in this moment. Uh, life is not perfect, and we're struggling with certain things. But um, I can see a lot of good stuff coming down the road. So I learn to be patient, wait on it to come. So tell us what was being raised in the South Side of Chicago like? We've uh, been having a lot of guests from Chicago on lately, and I don't know if this is a sign from the universe or what. Um, and but what was it like growing up there? Jeez, I, you know, I don't have anything else to compare it to. Um, I, I think it was pretty normal. I mean, I grew up in the, you know, the 60s and the 70s. Um, we moved around a little bit uh, farther and farther south. Um, I don't know, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, you didn't know, when you're a kid, you don't know any, that there's anything special about where you're at, you know. Uh, you don't have anything to compare it with. Um, there were certain things that I remember that we did that uh, other people don't get to do. You know, I remember going as a little kid um, because we didn't have my uh, my grandmother took my brother and I to the stockyards in Chicago. Chicago used to be the hub for all the cattle and stuff coming, you know. And um, you could go over there and, and I remember walking on the fence of, you know, right over the cattle. Um, we did stuff like that for entertainment, you know, go out and watch the planes land at Midway Airport, that kind of thing. That sounds like Oklahoma, to be honest with you, where I'm from. We can come sleeping down the plane. The, um... Yeah, and it's it's funny, I was talking to, we, I, I have a friend that's also from Chicago that also now lives in San Diego, and he's saying Chicago and San Diego are so similar, except for the weather. Is that true? I would like to know what he's referring to. I'm still, you know, this Southern California is a different country. <laughs> I've been here a long time. And I, I, you know, yeah, I don't know what the similarities are, but other than there's a lot of people from Chicago here. Well, I, so I, I, really enough about that. I was just curious. But um, so I'm, I'm fascinated with this, what I keep seeing, like overcome the overwhelm, how to focus away the problems and onto the possibilities, learn to breathe again. What, what type of, where, where did the, this concept for you that you want to teach us, where did that come from? What inspired you to base a lot of your work on this? Personal experience, really. I mean, um, you get to a place when you're struggling where you don't know what to do. And there's all kinds of information, there's all kinds of advice you can get for free all day long. 
but it, it's the fire hose thing, I guess. It's there's there's so much you don't know how to drink from it. You don't know where to start, and and you just kind of you look at this mountain of stuff, and you go, oh, I'll go back to bed, you know. And um, obviously, you don't progress if that's what you do, and so you just have to have to find a way to essentially just pick one little thing to focus on and you deal with that and then you pick the next one and you pick the next one you you really just kind of uh, it's one foot in front of the other and you deal with whatever is in front of you at the moment and really forget about the big picture because the big picture is what's got you paralyzed right it's got you feeling like oh my god how am I going to do all this do you think that is a case by case? Is that is that a case by case situation? Because I know when I see the big picture, I get excited. Um, I'm not intimidated by the big picture. It's when I can't see it that I freak the f out and don't know what to do. Is so? What is your what is your opinion on that? No, I, no, I would agree with that. It's a case by case. I mean, we all react to every situation in individual ways. You know. Um, two people can be hit by the same car at the same time, you know, and end up in hospital with the same injuries. And one says, you know, what a miserable thing. What's next? And life is terrible. And the other guy says, well, this is my opportunity to, to learn something while I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm stuck in the hospital and doing physical therapy or whatever. It's all in how you look at it. So, um, but if you're, if you're the kind of person who, sees the big picture and then and, and you know maybe big picture is not the right terminology just this mountain of stuff right, right? mountain of problems and, and, or work or whatever it is um, if you're if that's what you see and that makes you freeze up then you gotta find a way to, to, to work with that yeah I think if, if you can see that and then see okay all of this means that these great things are coming or or this thing, this goal is going to be accomplished, or whatever. Then, absolutely, you get excited. Then, then you're ready to dig into it. But if you can't see that, can't see it in that perspective, then it worked. Then, then you have something to deal with. I, the one part about my personality that I've never been able to correct, and I don't know if I'm even meant to, but I would, and, and I, I would say that I'm pretty. Have I, my head's on my shoulders pretty straight now. But I still love chaos. Like, I, th- so I see that big pile, then I basically just go, let's just throw some dynamite at it and see what happens. Like, that's where my creative juices come flow is when just everything seems like, oh my God, the world's going to end. I go, ooh, there's the opportunity. Like, it's when it's the mundane and normal that I freak out and don't know what to do. Like, do, do you have other clients like that? And like, what do you advise them? It, well... It's a good thing, you know, because God, we, there's so much that the world is nothing but chaos mm-hmm. in reality, right? Nothing is stable. Everything physical. Well, that's another subject, but there's nothing truly physical around us, right? But everything that we perceive as physical is coming apart. Everything is moving. Everything is transitioning. Everything is changing. It's just a question of whether or not it's happening fast enough that we can see it. Sure. Right? The, the, the pyramids in Egypt are crumbling. Right? We're just not going to live to see the day. But so chaos is a natural part of the universe. It's, it's probably what it's all truly made from. 
and I, I would suspect that you were surrounded by a lot of that growing up. Yeah, <laughs> a little. Yeah, yeah. see, that's, if you had a, a fairly stable life, nothing was changing, you had the, you know, quote-unquote, normal childhood, then you're not so, so crazy about that idea of chaos, you know? Okay, that makes um, sense. When I was a kid, we moved a lot, and uh, so sitting in one place, living in one spot for a long time, it feels a little bit unnatural to me. Is that still the same for you now? I mean, because you've been in yeah. San Diego for a while, right? Yeah, and I've been in the house I'm in right now for just about 15 years. How, how often do you rearrange the furniture? <laughs> no, not often, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we like sometimes. <laughs> I, so you, you also the understand the science behind law of attraction, not the mumbo jumbo. What would you say the biggest misconception about the law of attraction is? I think the biggest one is, and this is this is what it may not be what the, the gurus are saying, it may not be the words that come out of their mouths, but I think this is what people hear: is what you think about is what you're going to get. Right. That is just flat. I don't want to say it's not true, it's rarely true. Most people don't have the capacity to use it in that way, right? or we don't know how to use it in that way. Um, the more accurate description, in my opinion, is what you think about influences what you're going to get. Hmm. Because, you know, the, the example I like to use, let's say you're somebody who, who's not sold on this whole idea of law of attraction and how to use it to your own benefit. And, and you want to test it. You say, okay, I got a birthday coming up in 30 days, and I want a, a new car, I want a new Corvette convertible, red, white leather interior, you know, let's see what happens. And you don't worry about it, and time goes by, nothing happens, 30 days comes around your birthday, and you have a party, somebody walks in the door with a box, and you unwrap it, and it's a model of a Corvette convertible. And you can look at that and say, well, that's not what I wanted. It's not what I was thinking about. Right. Or you can understand that you influenced what was brought to you. You didn't tell anybody this is what you wanted. The universe delivered evidence to you that it's working in your favorites. It's working to give you what you're looking for. And, you know, it, if you're going to start from zero and expect to be an expert at anything, you know, you're kidding yourself. Sure. So I, I get, I get kind of, it gets under my skin when I, when people, and I have heard people say, "Oh, what you think about is what you get." Right. Uh, you know, for very few people, that's true. But it definitely influences what you get. Well, you, I mean, there, you have to take action, right? I mean, that's a big part of it. It's a, it's normally yes. Yeah. So what? So you are very passionate about helping at-risk youth. Where did that come from? Did that come from the broken home, the lack of relationship with your father? What, where did that passion for at-risk youth come from? I, when I lost my job, I, I started, um, I finished a book that I was writing and, and I took some time, but um, I was looking at doing some other things and I, I just decided I wanted to do, to do some speaking and, and kind of bring, cause I, I knew that if, if these ideas that I had just, absorbed over time without putting any particular attention to them. I was reading that stuff from Wayne Dyer and then just because it was interesting. Right. 
but I absorb these ideas. And when this, you know, this midlife, have your job yanked out from under you without any warning kind of thing, it's supposed to really be a tremendous shock for a guy. And it just, it, I felt free. <laughs> um, so, and, and I had a good job. I liked the job I was doing. Right. But I still, there was a freedom involved in that. So I, when I, the stuff started to click on a conscious level, I said, you know, I know people who need this, who need to understand these things. And then I decided I wanted to try to get that word out a little bit. And, and I just found an opportunity to go to a school in uh, Riverside, California for at-risk kids and uh, give a couple of presentations there. And um, we ended up on the subject of uh, the uh, Think and Grow Rich book and, and the ideas in there. And, you know, the idea that it's on virtually every uh, CEO's top 10 must-read list, but there is nothing about business in that book. <clears throat> right. You know, and so when, while it was going on, you know, there were certain kids in, in, the, in the groups that, that you see the eyes open up a little bit. And, the, the, you know, they start to, you can see they're thinking, and the little smiles hit their faces and stuff. And then afterwards, um, I was approached by a couple of people, and, and uh, you know, I, I just I walked away from that going, I really, I, I want more of that. Because you realize, and it's really cliche, but you realize that if you can plant a seed like that with just one, Sure. You've possibly changed the world. You know, it's all little stuff. It's ripple effect and all that. But you know, you know Les Brown. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to meet Les Brown here in, in a week or so. And, and you know, his story is he was told that he was mentally retarded, and yep. he had one teacher who told him, "Don't you ever say that." You know, you can do whatever, and that changes that changed the world for real because of. What he does today, so absolutely. You never know. I yeah, you're you're right, and it's it's interesting too. I've, I've had the opportunity to speak in front of some kids and 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 work with different organizations here recently, and it's like I'm looking at these kids that are my age around the time things went south for me, mm. and just going, oh my god, that's me. Oh my god, that's me. Oh, and that need to feel like. Not the the need to be like okay, we need to start influencing and working with these kids because they're going to be so much easier to write their path at that age. Because if they don't learn that they can have a voice, if they don't learn to to use their voice and to go, no, what's happening to me is not right. This is not right. I'm being beaten by my father. I'm being molested. I'm doing like to use their voice and to go to not be scared to use their voice. That alone can help them write their path and avoid because what happens if they don't use their voice, at least from my personal experience, that stuff starts to poison your soul and eventually you become the person that's hurting you. And like, so you're st there, like starting at that age, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, even 18 years old, you get to them then and show them that there's a better way and you can use this past hurt. You can use what's happening to you to be a blessing for so many other people and experience joy in ways that you would not have ever imagined. Yeah. And all of that's just a change in perspective, right? Yeah. It, you know what? It's so freaking simple. Like, think about all the pain in the ass I made my life 
and then really it was just a change in perspective is all it was. It was, it was going, oh, so wait, it happened to my father too. Oh God, no wonder he didn't know better, you know, and then having compassion for it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can forgive now. <laughs> it's like, and, and life is really not all about me, you know, and, and like nothing's happening to me. It, it just, it was amazing like that switch, but then. It's like, okay, well now, how do we help impact other kids and help them understand the same thing? Right. Um, so the question is, how does that change in perspective come? Right, exactly. It comes one way, you, you get some new piece of information in through some channel, and it sticks, it clicks, Right. and you go, oh, it doesn't have to be this way, I can, I can do this. And that's, that's where you start. You know, and but if that doesn't happen, then they're never going to change. They're just going to repeat. Yeah, you know, it's ladder rinse and repeat all your life, and, and um, lots and lots of people like the the blue collar world that I came out of. Their mindset is work all day long, all week long, and then on weekends you party, <laughs> you steam, and you go back on Monday to start paying for the weekend you just spent. And it just, and they never really, you're not ever, it's never suggested even that you, you lift your eyes up from the grindstone to see if there's something else. Yeah. And so you don't, because you don't know any different. And it's the same with, with these kids that are, are thinking like that. If, if they're not shown that there's other ways to look at things, they're never gonna, they'll never know. You're, you're so right. I, you're absolutely right. The other thing that, I created a new trigger for myself when I heard T.D. Jakes speak at the Rock Church several months ago. And he said, the blessing is in the breaking. And it and being able to kind of have that just sit right there on the front of my head that every time something bad's happening, <laughs> I go, there's a blessing in this. I know there is. I know there is. And, it, you know, so like good. I'm creating new triggers for myself, which is pretty nice because it's allowing me to function so much better. Um, so I want to, so the, the decision factor, how to turn the simple key that unlocks your dreams, why desire is not enough. Why is desire not enough? This is a law of attraction discussion. Um, I'm a big fan of Esther Hicks and, and Abraham Hicks work, and she talks a lot about, um, desire and a lot of people through the years are talking, I'm thinking Napoleon Hill may have been the one who coined the term have a burning desire. Mm -hmm. um, but the desire, it, this is, it's the influence versus uh, creation thing, right? Desire is going to, can take you a long way. Right. But desire sometimes comes out of feeling like you've got to prove something, feeling like you don't have something, and that's lack, and that's going to work against you. Sure. So you're not going to have the, the, make the same progress, and probably not going to have as as direct a path to what you want if all you have is desire. If you if you're aligned with the decisions that you make, you get clear on what you want, um, and you allow for the universe to bring you opportunities and and, and people into your life and things like that. So that you you have inspired action to take versus just going out there and grinding it out, you're going to move much farther in the direction that you want. 
right. much more easily. You know, and, and I really feel like it's what for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, maybe most people, even if they don't realize it, it you know, it, there's so many of the cliches that would grow up here, and that you know, yeah, 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 but they're true, and it's it's you know the it's the journey that has all of the benefits. When you get there, there's nothing left. Right. right. There's no growing at the end. There's no revelations at the end. There's no nothing at the end. You get your prize, but you're done. It's between here and there where all of the, the improvement comes, where you feel this excitement, where you, you it all builds, where it's so juicy. Once you're there, it's over. Right. You know, they throw the party and, and the balloons come, and, you know, but now what? You know, now you got to do something else if you want that feeling of of growth right and um that's where that's you know so if you're over on the strong desire side and that especially if that makes you like a type a person and you're really you're just like ah, you're not very happy you know and i guilty my opinion, <laughs> my opinion, we want to be happy that, that's what really what we want we want to be happier today than we were yesterday and a little happier tomorrow than we are today we just want to build that up and just keep that momentum going. Yeah. And if we never get to where we get where we think we want to go, but you're happy along the way, you know, I'm okay with that. Sure. So. I, I, I second that very much. So what inspires you? Like what is the deep down, like the one thing you would pick out of everything, but what is the one thing at your core that inspires you, ignites you, fuels your fire, and just makes you Sore. Uh, other than Chicago deep dish pizza. <laughs> yeah. Other than that. You know the the idea that, and I, I really kind of came to the re- realization of this semi recently. Um, the idea that uh, what I was talking about, you 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 plant a seed with with somebody, and you give them the opportunity to go and change their lives. Yeah. And, and the reality that that is changing the world. That, that, I'm, you know, I'm really warm to that. Um, I, I have issues with people who present ideas of find your life purpose and, you know, go change the world and stuff because it's presented as if, or again, I'm hearing it as if you got to find out your life purpose is, like, is a big thing. And you know, get out there and, you know, maybe your life purpose is just being a, a good father. Yeah. Right? Or, or, or being a better teacher. Whatever, you know, somebody wants to be a mechanic and they're great at it. And that, that's, that's changing the world for some people. So that's enough. But people, I think, hear these things from certain people and you feel like, like you're never going to get that. You're never going to be that person. You know, you're, you're, you can never live up to those expectations. And so, you know, you want to turn around and go back to bed. And I think that does a disservice to, to lots and lots of people. So I think uh, part of the message that I try to, to implant to people is that, you know, you make a difference just by making a, a difference here and there, you know, and... Every once in a while, you might make a really big difference almost by accident. You know? I, I share on the, I've shared the story several times on the show, but it's the best example I can think of 
is I talk every one of us have a purpose every one of us have a gift that is meant for either one person or eight million eight billion it doesn't matter the fact is this and you're like well well that doesn't sound very exciting one person but yeah think about the think about the child that's born with cerebral palsy that is not able to communicate not able to walk and they spend their entire life in a crib I worked with a patient years ago when I was in that industry that 36, 37, 38 years of his life before he passed was in a crib, couldn't communicate. Mm -hmm. And yet his purpose was bringing joy every single day to his mother because all she wanted was a baby boy that she could take care of. And and I, I had conversations with her. I was like, what is this like? I mean, is this not hard on you? She goes, oh. When I walk in the room and he hears me coming, he just gets so excited. And like, I don't feel comfortable making the noise. But like, you know, that in itself, like she was full of joy and love because of her son and how much he loved her. And the way he expressed love, that was enough for her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, that's one person. But you're going to tell me that's not important? You know? And look, and there's a trade-off for everything. Like for the people that have a big vision of changing a billion people's lives like I do, well, guess what? There's a trade-off for that. There's a sacrifice that's made. It, it doesn't, you don't get it all. <laughs> you know, it's not always perfect. You're always going to be handled or handed things that suck in life, but it's a choice in how you handle it, you know? And it's, there's a lot of life is just accepting the gift that you've been given by God and using it for the betterment of other people. And again, whether it's for one person or a billion, it doesn't matter. But that's where joy is, in my, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's one of the key things, one of the core things that we all want is, is to feel, you know, we want to feel heard, we want to feel respected, we want to feel like we have contributed something. Yes. And, and if you can get your mind to that spot where understanding that doing just just touching one person is making that contribution yeah and it is valuable and and you know you have done something now you can start to feel better about yourself and, and you know where you are in the world and and now you can look for bigger things if you want absolutely or maybe you want to turn around maybe maybe that's enough for you and that's fine maybe you want to go out and just find one more person and try and repeat that you know but you gotta I mean, everything starts from within us and what we're all looking for at to some level is just figuring out how to feel better about where we are. Yeah. Where we are, you know. And because uh, if you don't, then all the rest of it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. And you, you, you can have a hard time finding passion for anything else if you really just feel lost and, and you know, all that. So. I couldn't agree more. Well, Mr. Starr, I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. I, I really do appreciate your time, especially coming on short notice. Um, it's a real pleasure, and uh, I wish you nothing but success and uh, or continued success. And uh, everyone, check out his website, timcstar.com. Um, I'll plug you have one other website that you sent me. I'll make sure to plug that in the comments. And uh, again, absolute blessing you came on the show today. Thank you. Um, the, the Universe Between Your Ears... It's a podcast that I'm doing. Okay. Talks on a lot of this stuff and long, in-depth conversations with people. It's, it's, I'm really loving that. I would love to have people there. Okay. I will That's plug that in the comments. Stuff. All right.
All right, Mr. Starr, thank you so much. I'll talk to you very soon. Great. Thank, Th- you. thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, we are going to be back at 5 o'clock Pacific. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Starr was great. I'm going to plug his podcast in the comments. It's absolutely terrific, and it's way smarter than this show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your support. God bless you, and we will see you very soon. Take-